What, what's driving me really right now is this purpose part. It's not just go out and teach design thinking. It's for what end? It's to help people who are unemployed. So, so, so my work has now, I think, taken on that sort of sharper focus of not just making government better, but making government better specifically to help people who need it. I'm Tracy Lovejoy. And I'm Shannon Lucas. We're the co-CEOs of Catalyst Constellations, which is dedicated to catalyzing innate change makers to accelerate positive change. This is our podcast, Move Move Fast, Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out, where we highlight catalysts that are creating amazing change in the world. And to that end, we are so excited to have with us today, Virginia Hamilton. She's one of the catalysts featured in our book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out. Virginia was the regional administrator of the U.S. Department of Labor and advisor to the Obama administration, and now she's a public sector innovation catalyst. And in 2020, she founded Make Fast Studios. Thank you so much for being back here with us today, Virginia. Oh, I'm so excited. Thanks. Yeah, we'd love to start by hearing how you relate to the concept of catalyst. What does that mean to you? You know, when I first met the two of you and heard your description of catalyst, it was like coming home. It was just, oh, there's a name for this. There's a, it's a thing. (laughs) There's attributes of the way I look at the world that are, I'm not crazy. That's right. Uh, So for me being, I've always been a catalyst. And in the last podcast, I told, I I remembered actually a story from the early nineties about some work that I did I just have always worked that way. And so I relate to it by just owning it now in a way that I, I um, maybe didn't a couple of years ago. Yeah, I love seeing it in your title. It makes a little heart go put her pat, innovation <laughs> catalyst. <laughs> and so when we last got to talk to you in our last podcast, you had started Make Fast Studios. Yeah. You were working, doing several really interesting projects, working with the city of Detroit, working with Coro, really kind of embedding design thinking into several places. Plus, you were dreaming up 100 billable work days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so bring us up to date. What's what's going on? What problems are you trying to solve these days? Okay. Well, the hundred billable days was a great idea, and it was a way to start th- thinking differently. But I would say it's an aspirational goal. It's uh, <laughs> I've been working way more than hundred billable days, uh, but it's still I'm putting together a calendar for this year for 2022 and. I'm blocking off chunks of time. And I think I've got it down to 200 billable days if I can actually manage that. Um, but as odd as it sounds, the, the for me in the work that I do, because I work in the public sector, the confluence of COVID, which actually allowed me to then go remote and meet and work with clients that I might not have otherwise, and have participants in training who come from all over the United States and a a new appetite for human-centered design, which is primarily what I teach and also teaching people how to be change makers in government. 
the President Biden just put out an executive order basically saying that his expectation is that all federal agencies will will create much better feedback loops between their customers and the and the federal government. Wow. And boom, that's what I do. So I'm starting to get much more demand for my work because I'm in this very small niche niche. I never know what to say. Um, between um, of having both experience as a public servant for most of my career, but also having deep expertise in design thinking and in, in, in being a catalyst inside a large organization. Yeah, there's no doubt that the experiences that you have are, are so powerful. Uh, there's so much that you just shared that like my mind is is pinging all over. <laughs> I, I totally understand, right? Like 100 billable workdays, it didn't work out, but it, I love the, I remember when I heard it and the, the audacity of it, and I love <laughs> that boldness, right? It's to me, it's like the four hour work week, right? Yeah. It's about the intentionality and seeing the the life that you can choose to have in a different way and unless you challenge people's mental model with something that seems almost impossible and maybe maybe it is right right like it's hard to shake us from what has become routine and normal and we just think well oh that's just how i work yeah. and so i love that right like jesse itzler um entrepreneur he, he has a a group that he gathers and uh he he has this thing of like, what's your big thing this year, which is really our family just sat down and did a calendar because I really needed of just what are you looking forward to every month? So I have a calendar okay. that doesn't have all our doctor's appointments and right. school days. Exactly. It's just like, what's the fun stuff? And that's what I hear in a hundred yeah. days. So thank you yeah. for that gift. Uh, one of the things that I did last year, which I really loved was I spent five weeks in Spain and I went into an immersion program. I lived with a woman who didn't speak English and I went to classes every morning and I had a tutor every afternoon. And I, um, again, an aspirational goal, which may, I may never reach, but I really wanna learn another language fluently. And um, it, it, was, it, it was that sort of audacious goal of, I wanna go learn Spanish in three weeks. <laughs> How did it go? It was fantastic. It was one of the best things I've ever done. And I'm still uh, got a lot of apps that I'm using and I've got workbooks and I've got flashcards and I'm talking to people still. And so I'm, I'm planning on keeping it going. I'm going to figure out where, where to go next. Nice. I love it. I, you know, you're such a powerful storyteller, which is part of the success that you bring in and, you know, kind of saying audacious things like that. But I, I love the, um, it flies in the face for us as consultants. that so often we think if I take five weeks off, the business is going right. to die. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And you're like, no, I'm going to go and I'm going to totally immerse. You're, you weren't half working. <laughs> like, I told I'm people gonna... if they wanted to talk to me, they had to, they had, we had to conduct the meeting in Spanish. And so it really cut <gasps> down on all the requests for meetings. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. I feel rejuvenated just getting to hear that. Oh, thank you. Okay. So what else is present for you? You've built out your calendar. We're looking at 200 work days. What, what are the problems that you're tackling right now? You know, I spent a lot of time in this last year, really thinking about what was next for me. And I, I'm at the point where I have three 
sort of product lines training that I can do and and work I can do with organizations uh, and what I'm really ready to do now is kind of get it out of my head into the world and I'm not yet sure how to do that but it's you know how do you I don't need this to be about me it's not about Virginia it you know might have been in my 30s and 40s but right now it's about the work and so I'm really interested in finding institutions or or agencies. I did I did say to someone the other day, you know, I'm almost 70, and if I were 40, I'd start a new nonprofit. Um, and then I went that afternoon. Oh, maybe I could start a new nonprofit. And then I <laughs> and I <laughs> had a glass of wine and said no. Um, uh, but it is interesting because as a catalyst, as you know better than anyone, um, you know, we're about you know, coming up with new ideas, trying to make things happen, getting things done. And the work that I think I need to do in the next couple of years is really more about um, documenting, uh, finding people who I can mentor and train, which actually I love. I just need to figure out how to do that. Um, spending more time on sort of adult learning theory and if I'm doing things remotely, how to do that better, and and how to figure out how to I have an I have a unique uh, set of experiences in being a public servant for so many years, and also having a you know deep knowledge of design thinking, and I've been studying, actually I took a fantastic course with Irrational Labs on behavioral science, behavioral design. So I'm I'm trying to take all this stuff and figure out how to package it and, and hand it over to somebody else or, or multiple people. Uh, and that's really different kinds of work than, I've got a new idea. Hey, let's just go, the, you know, do this. So it's, it's, I think it's important because it's about, for me, legacy, uh, but uh, it's really hard work. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's interesting that so many of our conversations of Catalyst are that like next thing, as you're saying, right? Yeah. And for for most of us, we have you know this this notion of breadcrumbing of you know help people follow along with you. Right. Help be able to, you know, see the, the steps between what you're doing, help you even know what's your process. So for a lot of us, what you're talking about is non-intuitive and can almost be almost a little physically painful to kind of look backwards yeah. and to slow down and to, yeah. to put it on paper. Um, and yet it's interesting because I hear, I hear what you're solving for within it, which is that same like purpose-driven place we come from. Yes. Right. Like you want to make this information accessible. You want this to move past you and beyond you. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that you experience in this new, new world that you're tackling? Um, let me answer that in a minute. I just want to answer, just say one more thing sparked by what you said, which is I'm increasingly driven by purpose. I have as a screensaver now an image from a Reddit feed that shows someone's iPhone having been on hold to talk to someone 
in the unemployment insurance program for five hours and 35 minutes. And when I saw that image, I, just, I, I almost wept and I took a screenshot and it's now on my phone because the work that I do is really about helping people get better service from government when they need it. And so I'm finding that identifying actual problems that I think can get fixed through the kind of work that I do. And then so far, I think I've been successful in convincing some um, people very high up in leadership in the state of California to come in and help with some really specific problems that I just, I can see they can, not easily, but yes, easily solve if they take on a mindset of innovation uh, instead of just, eh, it's kind of broken and that's the way it is. So I forget what your question was. What, what's driving me really right now is this purpose part. It's not just go out and teach design thinking. It's for what end? Like it's, yeah. it's to help people who are unemployed. It, I mean, I, I can't tell you how heartbreaking it is to read the posts on the Reddit unemployment feed and, and just the, the bad working conditions people have. And so, 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 so my work has now, I think, taken on that sort of sharper focus of yeah. not just making government better, but making government better specifically to help people who need it. it. It's so inspiring, you know, the democratization of democracy, right? Yeah. Like, like design thinking at the heart of a movement today to really help most of us that have not been included in how yeah. policy gets made, that we, it's not accessible to us. It's not really designed for us. Absolutely. Um, you know, it has best intentions, yep. but it's not really designed with us or for us. That's noble. Virginia. Yeah, marker voice, um, feedback loops. Um, there, there's just all sorts of work that can be done yeah. that, that is not hard and really doesn't even cost money. Right. Just start including the people that you're designing for in the design process. Yeah, it's just a process that's not known. Yes, It doesn't exactly. feel like intentional exclusion. It's just right. like right. no knowledge of how to include. Yeah, my, I mean, um, but when I was working with the the state of of Minnesota, and now when I'm I'm working doing some work with the state of Illinois, I've said to the people who are my clients, look, you've got hundreds, or maybe depending on the size of your organization, thousands of people who are change makers. You in their heart right? There are thousands of people who have great ideas. You have hundreds of people who want to do differently and they just don't know how. Yeah. So let's go in and build capacity for them to know how to execute. And, and it's not that people aren't out there in government. I know government gets a bad rap all the time, but there are many, many people who really want to do better and they just don't know how. That's beautifully said. What kind of challenges are you personally experiencing as you move to, you know, kind of codify the knowledge that you have in this space? I don't like doing this work. <laughs> I'm just not good at it. You know, the idea, like I have, 
I have a couple of foundations. I'm just in love with their vision and they're interested in, in investing some, uh, some funding in some of the work that I want to do. And sitting down and writing a budget and trying to figure out realistically how, you know, how we're going to do this and who the people are and how many hours it's going to take. Like, I hate that work. Yeah. And so that's challenging. Uh, and I, I've got to do it. What do you, how do you get through the challenge? What does that look like? Um, chunking it out into tiny little things first, uh, just starting to write, even if I'm going to throw it all away. Um, but just see, seeing it as a challenge as opposed to a chore is super helpful for me. Yeah. So I do time blocking on my calendar now. I mean, I've got all sorts of little habits that I'm trying to build. Yeah. Uh, and frankly, I'm also looking for partners who can do that kind of shit because I don't like doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's brilliantly said in, in coaching sessions so often, if I can help a catalyst see exactly as you're saying, the thing that they're trying to change in their life mm -hmm. as a problem to be solved, as a, as a thing to tackle, as, a, as you know, a challenge, as opposed to like, I am bad, it takes energy. Exactly. And give them permission to experiment and fail yes. in the same way we do when we go out and like, I'm going to democratize democracy, right? Like I want to help bring design thinking. Uh, it really gives extra mindset, right? So that they, you know, they have the space to begin to see it in a way that can be iterative. Yeah, exactly. Um, I use a video in, in my training in which one of the quotes is, they see problems as puzzles to be solved. And so that's my, after I finish my crossword puzzle and Wordle every morning, I, um, <laughs> I go to my next puzzle, which is how to put all this stuff together in a way that will allow me to actually get it done. I love that I, challenge. I like, yeah. yeah, and I like the piece that you said about um, also finding someone, because the other thing that's really unblocking is, and we talked about this in the Catalyst Empowerment Summit, is finding your bridger or your number two, yeah. your partner, because it's like, you don't have to be great at everything. So how can you find someone who supports yourself and that will give you both energy? Exactly. Yeah. All right, I have loved this and I'm gonna turn it over to Shannon to do some rapid fire questions with you. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, and I just have to also just say with deep gratitude, all of my parents worked in state government. They were all catalysts trying to change specifically for a long time, the welfare system. So I just really appreciate you continuing to fight the good fight. Um, so thanks for that, Virginia. Okay. We're going to go into rapid fire. Okay. Um, what actionable nuggets of advice do you have for catalysts out there? Or perhaps what do you wish you had known when you were 20? Well, one piece of advice is to find other people, you know, build, build a, a community of people who, so you don't think you're crazy by yourself. And um, I didn't do that in my twenties, uh, but I did start to figure out that I needed to do that. And so I've, I've built intention or not built or become part of a group of people uh, creating intentional communities off and on in over my career. And I still have several of them going today. So that's definitely one piece of advice. And that's what I try to do when I teach my Gov21 class, which is, you know, 
bring together a group of people and say, okay, you can help each other. Yeah. Great, great advice. And so important for catalysts to be able to connect with other catalysts to your yes. point. So it's like, I'm not crazy because that's the narrative we can get when we're out there all on our own. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what advice do you have for leaders or executives in finding and leveraging their catalysts in their organizations? Well, that's so interesting. I mean, I just said, you know, that's my belief is that there are plenty of people out there. And as a leader, you need to build structures, infrastructure, skill building, training. Um, I mean, of course, there's a huge body of work around, you know, how, how do you shift your whole culture towards tolerance for risk? I'm, I'm increasingly become interested in the psychological safety work that Amy Edmondson's done and is out there in the world. And, and I'm finding as I teach design thinking or being an entrepreneur, that more and more the, the sessions that we do on psychological safety are, people are asking for more. Um, and, and so that, that notion of, of having it be okay to take a risk or having it be, you know, people feeling safe to say, I've got a kind of crazy idea. Divergent thinking, totally. Like how do we create the space for the divergent thinking and de-risk it? And that also builds, you know, very concretely into in, into creating an inclusive culture, which we also know exactly. um, creates better outcomes. So yeah, and we know psych, psych safety is super important for catalysts in an organization. All right, yeah. what's the worst part about being a catalyst? Uh. I would say the worst part, I have a, um, a friend who, who teaches a session in one of my classes and she talks about the Cassandra syndrome. Uh, Cassandra was the, the woman who was given a, an amazing power by the gods to predict the future uh, and also given a curse, which is that no one would believe her. And I often think that that's a little bit what happens with us. And it's not that we know the future but we know how to get there. We, we know ways to get there. Uh, and um, we often, the worst part is that people just kind of go, oh, yeah, that's right. But like, we don't have time to do that. Or I don't know, maybe, but you know, or you're that crazy person from California or whatever it is. So that it's sort of that, the Cassandra curse is, yeah. is I think, a big problem. Spot on. And what's the best part about being a catalyst? Oh. For me, it's in the last couple of years, I just listened to a, uh, an interview with the people I work with in the, in the city of Detroit. Just, oh my God, they were just talking about everything that they'd learned. And, and you know, like we need to include people in all the work we're doing and just, we need to focus on the problem and not the solution. I mean, they were just, they got it in a, in a deep way. Um, the, in, in Minnesota, the, I started with just a couple of classes and, but with the long-term goal of really creating this innovation capacity, they've hired someone to be their head of their innovation lab and they're built, they're continuing to build that capacity. So seeing the results after a couple of years is deeply satisfying. It's it's just it gives me incredible joy, including 
even the evaluations from the trainings that I do when when people just say, you know, I I didn't think that there was any way that I could really feel this connection to a group of people th through Zoom, but through this training, I feel like I've found my people. Uh, that's it's just the best feeling in the world. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing. And do you have a call a uh, call to action for our listeners that you'd like to share? Sure. If you hey, I want I want people to to be along the way with me. I I'm at the, at the stage of my career where, you know, I want to mentor. I want to teach. I want to spread the word. So anybody who's interested in innovation in the public sector, uh, give me a call. What's the best way for them to reach you? LinkedIn? Actually, email. Email? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, we will share that. Just ping us if you'd like to get a hold of Virginia. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and for the fantastic catch-up conversation. Well, thank you so much. So lovely both of you. We're excited to continue to watch everything that's happening with Make Fast. And every time we talk to you, you, you have this inspiring way of framing what's going on. And I need that. Yay. So yeah, thank you. It's a gift. Well, uh, this was wonderful. I was lovely to catch up and we need to do more. We do, we do, and we will. Okay. To the audience, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more about how to accelerate positive change, go to our website at www.catalystconstellations.com or email Virginia. Be sure to check out our book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out. If you have other catalysts in your life, hit the share button and send us the link their way.